Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast, recorded at North American Passive House Network's conference, Passive House for All, in June 2021 in New York City. In this, the ninth of 18 interviews we recorded amidst the hustle and bustle of the conference hall floor, I chat with Shannon Pendleton of Sanderson Sustainable Design and co-host of Passive House Accelerator Construction Tech. A couple of quick thank yous before we get started. First, thank you to NAPHN for putting on the conference and for partnering with us on these interviews. Second, a big thank you to our sponsors who make all our work at the Accelerator possible. Our founding sponsors are 475 High Performance Building Supply, Backstink We Architects, Glavel, Minotaire, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, Partel, RDH Building Science, Rockwell North America, Stocorp, and Zola Windows. Our champion sponsor is SIGA, and our stakeholder partner is NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. With that, please enjoy my interview with Shannon. Here on day two of Passive House for All, the North American Passive House Network Conference. And I am joined by none other than Shannon Pendleton, who is the principal at Sanderson Sustainable Design. She's also the co-host of Construction Tech Tuesday and um, has been at the conference and been taking in sessions. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing your insights today. Um, Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's really fun to be at a conference in person, and hi to everybody out there. Um, I wish you were here with us in person. It's really great to be able to be in 3D. So Zach and I met for the first time, and he's a lot bigger when he's not on the screen. (laughs) It's been really fun to connect with people in in person, definitely. It's, It's so awesome. So, tell me, like, what have been your kind of the key takeaways you've, you've experienced so far? I mean, we're about midway through the conference at this point. Well, I love the theme of the conference, Passive House for All, right? And when I think about that in relationship to integrated project delivery, which is really where Nessie took their conference, it's the same message. And I I really like the idea that all of the sessions that I've been seeing seem to be converging around scaling this up and using IDP and Passive House to make it available to everybody. So for me and my past year, these sessions are helping me integrate how I can do that best. And for me, that's really prefabrication. And to be able to do that on a small scale as a small designer is exciting because it gives me more power, more control, and it puts me in in the construction site. So uh, I just watched a a session on schools, and it was the same thing, but just a, a, a more macrocosm of my microcosm. It's really nice. Right. Yeah, that session was with Archetype, the UK-based firm, right? With on on the school work that they that they're doing and yes. super inspiring stuff. And 
Also, I, I was struck, so I, I was able to catch the, the beginning of that, that session and was uh, really struck by the, I mean, she emphasized the idea of sufficiency in buildings. Um, so not designing for what, what would be nice or what you think you want, but really designing for what's essential, um, given that resources are scarce. And then also the, the, her conviction that uh, cost is, it, it, it's just one of the many parameters you think about. And if you focus on Passive House and delivering it in an efficient way, that there's no reason that Passive House buildings need to be more expensive than, than conventional buildings. And that might vary based on, on building type, but certainly with the, at the scale of buildings that they're working on, they're delivering those at, at prosperity with, with conventional construction. And then providing all this amazing indoor air quality benefits for students, and um, it was a really, really powerful presentation. It was fun to see. Absolutely, and that's one archetype that is pervasive through all of them. Uh, the cost that they delivered schools for was incredible. Yeah. Um, and if they can do it there, we can do it anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's kind of the theme that's been echoing around all of these sessions is, we're tunneling through the cost barrier. Right. So if it doesn't cost more, why aren't we doing it? If Passive House isn't the thing that makes a building more expensive, why doesn't it apply to every building? Yeah. And how can we make it apply to every building? Or at least use the instruments at our disposal in private industry for lending, or public policy for coding or taxing, um, to make it for all. Yeah. Because if it doesn't cost more, everyone does deserve it. We right. know it's healthier. Right. We know it's safer. It's more resilient. And if we can work together and bring in complexity where it's needed and get rid of it where it's not, we can deliver it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're really becoming mainstream. Right. We're watching it happen right. right now. It's so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. It is really exciting. Another uh, another takeaway I had from from Architect's presentation was the idea of, of imagining and and creating buildings that you could imagine, uh, and in this case, schools and university buildings that you can imagine Greta Thunberg enjoying being at. You know that that recognizing that the next generation is not going to be. Um, satisfied with the status quo in, in buildings, and so um, you know that, that we need to be thinking about that and designing and designing for for those occupants and and students. Um, so it, that is a uh, that is also very exciting. The connection between youth climate movements and the work that we do is that's um, it's cool to see that as well. It's really cool to see that because our culture in the past year has changed so significantly, right? We've got yeah. systemic racism, we've got COVID-19, um, you know, everyone working from home. It changed our industry, but architecture and design have always been a comment on what's happening in the culture. So what it did to our industry is what it did to the culture. We had to look inward, yeah, yeah. you know, and we had to work outside the office what used to be a communal experience where you have someone overseeing your work is now an individual experience where you have to be self-motivated, right? And, yeah. and then an anonymous feature uh, that you have when you go to work. Your family isn't there, your dog isn't there, you know, your living room isn't there. Right. And then on Zoom to work from home and to have all of that with you. So when you work with someone and you share a screen, you share your work, you share your screen, you share your face, 
they're seeing all these other things. They're seeing you as a person, as an individual. And it becomes very populist, which is what this culture and what kids are doing right now in a way that architecture really hasn't ever had, I don't think. You know, it started off for kings and then it moved to, you know, churches and civic and, and, you know, commerce. And now it's for everyone. And so to to see how it's changed our industry and, and how it's changed each of our individual workflows at the same time, it's a dramatic shift. It really is. Yeah, yeah it is. And here we are on the kind of, we're riding the, we're surfing the, surfing this new wave here. So tell me a little bit about what, um, what's going on for you and your practice and what's, what's, what's new, what's new there? What is new there? What isn't new there is almost easier to answer. Um, I think I have found, working on the small scale that I work in, mostly residential, right? Uh, I do, you know, between one and four projects at a time, unless I'm working with another firm. And so I've found that it's more common to run into someone who knows what Passive House is now. That was not the case at all. I was always explaining. And now I don't have to explain, you know, and with Passive House Accelerator, right, I've got all these great tools (laughs) I can share. Thank you. Uh, It fits perfectly. (laughs) But I have these great tools I can share, not only infographics, but videos, podcasts, and Q&A, live Q&A, right, and a live experience. And so that global piece, right, it got so big from such a small space, all of us in our rooms alone, getting together with the entire world, weekly or bi-weekly, to explore this. So that really changed my practice because it brought me more information in a very different way than I'm used to going out and getting information. And the sharing culture that it created also really, really changed how I work because before people didn't share their details, you know, and they, they wouldn't, um, they were just a little more inclusive or uh, exclusive, excuse me, exclusive. And now it's more inclusive. It's more share. And uh, that's really, really a big difference. So I, I find that I have even builders now who wouldn't, go for anything sustainable, calling me and asking me, hey, I have a client who, who kind of is interested in going zero energy, and you're still into that green stuff, right? You know, and I'm like, yeah, Passive House is the easiest way to zero, so let's start there, and let's see if you want to add more, but let's start there. Not let's shoot for that. Let's start there and shoot for more, right? Passive House is doing this wonderful thing. It's evolving. It's now including equity. It's including climate justice. It's including low carbon materials. And it's including prefabrication. It's great. I can get my windows installed in the factory, delivered on site. And now I am the builder. I am the builder. It used to be I was the one who gave design intent. And now I can deliver to the machines that make the parts exactly what I need. So it's kind of like the end of verifying field. It's like VIF RIP. (laughs) And and construction documents now are also RIP. We have to make them, we need them for building permits. 
but I don't see construction documents being what's building the building now. And I don't see construction documents being what we coalesce around when we design. We're coalescing around a 3D model. And we're integrating all of our designs around the 3D model. And the engineers are equal to the architects in driving that design, which is really a piece that that last session brought home for me. It was it was really succinctly put in, yeah. and a beautiful presentation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, there was that stu McKinstry study a few years ago about the fact, you know, showing the innovation curves for all sorts of industries, and then the the, the AEC uh, industry, the building the building and construction industry, you know, not innovating and even maybe dipping uh, dipping down. And I I feel like what you're talking about is uh, is the other is maybe the hidden part of the story that, that hopefully will emerge and we'll start to see that curve move as as we're as we're creating different ways of, of constructing and and putting buildings together and and incorporating artificial intelligence into the the design process like Prudence Ferrer has been talking about and um, and prefab and all and and all that and I think that um, uh, it, you know prefab has been something that has been um, talked about and thought about and um, for for many years and it does feel like we're, we're getting to that place where it's it's you know could could uh, find its own for it to be available to me at the scale I work at indicates the shift that it's going uh -huh. through uh -huh. right and it doesn't work without IDP right. or IPD excuse me Right. integrated project, project delivery. Um, and it also doesn't work if you don't have the whole team assembled, right? So I think what Prudence is doing and what uh, some firms, uh, since I'm near Philadelphia, I have a lot of Philly experience, and like Kieran Timberlake there, they not only design buildings, they design the software they use to make decisions about their designs of those buildings. And then they build mock-ups, they have a full workshop, and they build mock-ups of those to test those. You know, either aesthetically, or for a thermal bridge, or for design intent, right? And how it's going to come out the other end. Uh, and that's exciting, right? So watching them use Grasshopper, or Ladybug, or you know, some kind of Rhino-based platform, and then to hack into it, to make it do what they want it to do. And now they have a ton of iterations. And then applying AI to that, to optimize those choices, that is incredible. So all I, even like at my scale, I want to do that, and I can. I don't have to be a big firm to do that. And then you can deliver to a builder who really just wants to put everything together on site perfectly. Pieces that go together. And they don't go together if you don't get together. Right. So yeah, nicely it's, put. Nicely put. it's really so, it's really wonderful yeah, to see it, it changing I, so fast. Right. And I think that, that like maybe in recent weeks and maybe that has been overshadowed a little bit by the story of Katera that has, you know, the two billion dollar operation that has flamed out. But you know, in the early days of uh, of uh, solar, in, well, not the early days, but ten years ago, twelve years ago, it feels like the early days of solar because everything has changed so much and improved so much. 
we had like stories of Solyndra, right? Who that that uh, that that uh, flamed out as well. But meanwhile, the entire industry is still was still of, of solar uh, solar energy was still innovating and and growing in different ways. And so some big players may come and go, but the overall the overall story was one of innovation and progress. And I I, I think that what you're describing is it, there are a lot of parallels there with what's happening now that yes you know we we see the headlines about about the big the big boy that went down but um meanwhile if if we're able to actually have you know individual practitioners be be bringing the, this into their practice then it absolutely there's there is uh something really powerful there so this is the black swan moment yes. in the good direction yeah. <laughs> right because yeah. we all know once we see passive house work you can't unsee it yeah and I don't know anyone who's had some Kool-Aid in the form of Passive House and doesn't want more. So if we are exponentially moving this forward, either through AI or through better tools, better design tools, newer workflow processes, newer project delivery processes, it's only going to extrapolate. Yeah. Right? It's only yeah. going to get better. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. We're lucky. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a real opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. So, it, this has been wonderful. Is there anything else you want to add about the about the conference? What you expect? You know, what you're hoping for today, or I any wish other Mark and Sean were here. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We miss you, though. We yeah. miss you. Yeah. 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 But uh, other than that. I'm looking forward to the rest of today and the building tours. I can't yeah, wait to see Sendera Verde. Yeah, I know. Me too. Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm really looking forward and to Michael's that. projects. They're yeah. going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Well, well, thank you, Zach. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. I hope you enjoyed that special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast. On behalf of everyone here at the Passive House Accelerator, thank you for listening. And stay tuned for more on the Passive House podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.